And welcome back, guys, to the Angus and Jason show, where we talk about nothing. Welcome back, Angus. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> it's been good. Uh, we're going to cover a couple of things that are completely polar opposites. I think Angus is going to talk about marketing for apps, and then I'm going to talk about my recent trip to Melbourne that I was there for a week, and that was a really awesome experience in the drunk calls. <laughs> was yeah. Giving tasks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to kick off, Angus? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, maybe you don't know this, but I um, I, I just kind of work for myself and I make random software stuff. Um, and typically, when I when I first started doing this, I would do games. So I do like these Xbox games, and because it was so hard to market an Xbox, like. You know, back in 2010, um, these I was releasing games on Xbox, and these games were only available in a few countries. Um, not a bad choice, but it was like UK, US, Canada, Italy, Japan, you know, like seven or eight countries. But the, the big markets were the US and the UK. Um, and it's kind of hard to market a $1 or $3 game for an Xbox because like it, like how do you if, if you bought an ad on Facebook and said hey man download my Xbox game um, they can't just click the ad and then download the game they need to turn on their Xbox and then go you know um, find the game and then and download it right so because it was so hard to market those games, people just sort of didn't do it. They didn't market them. And the thing they focused on was like making the game and making the box art and the screenshots look interesting, right? So that was like, back then, that's what I did. I just made like <laughs> pretty good box art and pretty good screenshots. And I tried to make funny games that people would talk about. Um, so I did that for a while, basically no marketing. Um, and then I made a, I made a, a mobile app in 2014 and it was like it's a bit of a weird app it's like a fake girlfriend app <laughs> and because it was a mobile app i i always had i i always thought like okay you know there's a pretty clear playbook for how you market a mobile app you can buy ads on facebook buy ads on google you can um do other stuff right like it's it's not that hard to get somebody to click a link and download a mobile app so for that application, I I bought Facebook ads, and that was back in 2014, and they were so good. Like, I bought twenty dollars worth of ads, and I got like four hundred installs out of it. And that was the first time I ever bought an ad. And you just could not do that today. <laughs> like, that those conversion numbers are not really possible anymore. Is um, there a reason? Like, you think is that like a number of factors? Like the mobile app. Markets more saturated. Yeah, Facebook. People, people. I think the the cost of ads has just gone up massively, and you know, since then, I back in 2014, I used to also sell ads. So I had an app that um, got a lot of downloads. I think it got like ten or fifteen thousand downloads a day, and it was it was actually a game, and I put ads in this game, and I would make like twenty twenty US a day from 10,000 players, which sounds really shit, right? Um, 
and now I, those the ad the ad um like the cost of placing a, your ad into an application is is really high. Like I think it's gone up by a hundred times or something. So I think just more people are buying these ads. More people are realizing these ads can be um, really effective. I did hear that a lot of, I think, um, I was following some other podcasts around at the time of the lockdowns, that a lot of, I think, advertising um, budgets got cut pretty, yep. in a pretty big way, because just no one was going anywhere, like especially like physical advertising. Um, yeah. But it would make sense that I think maybe in the places that everyone's focused their advertising now is like Facebook, um, Google, like the big platforms because everyone's spending a lot more time at home and in the digital domain. Yeah, I mean, the thing about digital ads is like you could kind of tell whether the ad's working or not, right? Like when somebody clicks the ad, um, they go to your website and you know that they came from Facebook or whatever. You know you paid this much for them to click. So if it costs you like six, six bucks for them to click, if you can sell them a product that costs 20 bucks, you're, you're doing good, right? Yeah. And if you can consistently do that, you kind of don't care if it costs six bucks or seven bucks or 10 bucks, right? You'll be willing, yeah, you might be willing to pay all the way up to 20 bucks, right? right. Um, maybe more, you know, if it's a subscription or whatever. So yeah, people, people are just pumping money into these ads and the cost of them is going up. So it's great if you, if you're like an ad platform, it's great if you have apps that uh, lots of people use and, you know, you can sell lots of ad space in. Um, but it's not so great if you're like a scrub like me and you've just built a new app and you want to just buy some users effectively because the cost is really high, right? Like, I haven't looked into it yet, but I will in the next few weeks. But I do plan, like my plan is to buy some Facebook ads. But I think, you know, it could be two three four dollars per click now so um and and that could just be a click without an install right like somebody could see oh look this app looks pretty interesting yeah. let me check it out they click and they go ah, actually no i don't want it and then you, you're down four bucks so um yeah is that how so, it works like you're paying for a click or i thought you'd be paying for like facebook to present them the ad you oh. can choose actually so you can um Choose to pay per click, or you can choose to pay for 1,000 views. Um, I don't know which one's better, you know? <laughs> Do you think well, Facebook, like, they'd have to have, like, a whole engine behind the scenes that are, like, deciding which ads to show which people, right? Like, they're oh, trying yeah, to maximize dude. that. Yeah, that's, like, that's, like, their main focus. Like, um, if they can, they, they want your ads to succeed, you know? Like, yeah. if... If your ads convert better on Facebook than they do on Google or whatever else, then you're going to put all your ad budget into Facebook. I'm um, curious we're talking about this because I've never bought anything from an ad, like, ever. Like, you could probably say that I was maybe influenced by some, like, on a subconscious level, but not, like, that I acted impulsively, like, on an ad, except in the last year. I think even maybe the mm. last six months. The last six months I've bought a number of items through Facebook ads that I've never done before. Um, some clothes and like canvas artwork. Um, like, yeah, things that I just didn't see around in other places. I also bought 
Um, it would sound a bit weird. It would be tangent at some point. I had this idea of like um, 3D printing, like a flower. Yeah. But, like, yeah, oh, okay. So I bought like this flower thing. I think it was around Valentine's Day, and it was more like I just wanted to see what the quality of the product was in mm-hmm. order like I wanted to make one. But anyway, the point was that yeah, I don't know if that's I mean, maybe it's a combination of like me and Facebook, or if Facebook just got a little bit better at learning like the better things to market to me. Um, sometimes, like, there's still a lot of times where, it, like, the marketing material is just, like, so off-base. Um, and, yeah, you're just like, I'm not interested. Or sometimes it's actually just a little annoying to look at. Like, if they were pitching me, like, football stuff, I'm just like, you're yeah. actively annoying me at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do get it wrong often. Like, um, there's, like, this this ad for, like, uh, meal plans... And I watched one of the ads, and I was like, it really annoyed me. So I made like some snarky comment on the ad, <laughs> and then because I commented, you know, Facebook thinks, ah, you know, he's engaged with this ad. Let's, and they just show it to me every time I open Facebook. So, but it's like something I actively don't want to buy because I I found the ad so annoying, and I I don't want meal plans. Like, you know, I'm not some yuppie. <laughs> So, yeah, um, actually, it's just curious. Like, I'm going to scroll through my Facebook ads right now. Um, okay, Webflow is, like, my first one, sponsored ad. And that's, like, front-end web design, right? I'm. This actually brings up other questions, because I'm pretty sure I've never spoken about this stuff, like, through an interface that I think Facebook would be able to pull up. I think I've been talking to people about Webflow through Discord, so that yeah. is really weird that there's potentially an information leak from Discord into that. Um, nah. There I think is, it's... I think it's... um Could be Google searches, maybe. Um, no, it probably wouldn't be Google searches. Because I don't think Google would leak over to... Well, I don't it know. It could be Facebook yeah. pixels, right? Facebook so pixels. So, like, Facebook, Facebook has these pixels on other people's websites. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So, like, um, it's called a pixel because I think... It's like it's a one by one image, right? That you like. <laughs> but really, it's yeah. a tracker. Yeah. And if you buy Facebook ads, you'll put a pixel on your website, and that will tell you whether, wow. um, you know, whether Jason clicked um, some ad on that's new, crazy like, meal plan website or whatever. I didn't. But it also will tell you tell Facebook directly. what you're visiting. Yeah, I think yeah. that must have been it. Okay, so yeah, that, I just mean like some of these data links are just not apparent. I got one for Spotify. It'd be interesting, like, what yours are. Um, Do you know what I think is funny about Facebook? Like, sometimes you'll be given some form by Facebook, and they're like, hey, man, like, what's your, um, I don't know, like, what's your date of birth? I'm like, well, you know, right? I gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or uh, they also be like, so, like, what do you do for work? I'm like, I know you know. You know, I didn't put it in there. You know, you know what I mean? Like, they have so much data. Facebook and Google have so much data about you. It's but so then they'll true. put up forms pretending they don't know. But they, they fucking know, right? Yeah. They know That's everything. Hilarious. They just they have to pretend they don't. Like, they will have a data set. You know, they'll build up a profile on you. And it's probably really accurate. Um, but that is the sort of thing they don't want to let you know they know, right? Like, um, 
they might even know like what diseases you have or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you have diabetes, I'm sure Facebook knows. It's Cause I, crazy. I've also heard that they actively buy data sets and they just use that to enrich their ad. It, it's all about the ad algorithm. So like even stuff you don't put in, even stuff they don't track, they're just going out there buying data sets and then linking that to your profile so that they can target you better. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking, okay, ads is one way, but there's, there's other ways to like acquire users, right? Um, for another app I did, I, I bought lots of ads and then I started writing blog posts and then I found like the blog posts were a lot more cost effective, right? Like if I spent (laughs) a few hours writing a blog post, um, that would bring in traffic, but it just consistently brings in traffic, like it could have a lifetime of like 10 years or whatever and it pushes you up the rankings whereas with ads if you're buying google ads yeah you're put to the front of google search results but that's only while you have the money to spend right yeah yeah so um once you stop buying the ads your ranking goes down whereas if you're writing content and people are reading it and then they're clicking on it and linking to it then your rankings you know you maintain your rankings from that so I've been pretty like um, interested in content marketing. There's like lots of different forms, right? Mm. Like what I've tried is blog posts, and that's been pretty good. Um, but what I want to try next for this next app is, uh, well, I'll tell you a bit about the app. So the app is like an app for people to learn how to read Chinese, right? And this sort of app, I think, could apply to other languages like Japanese and Korean and um other character-based languages, right? Maybe, probably not Thai. I was thinking Thai, but I think it's probably an alphabet. It just looks really hard to read. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, I'm building this app to teach people how to, like, read Chinese. Um, And specifically, I'm, I'm teaching people how to read Cantonese. So, what I'm doing right now is um, I'm producing videos about like Cantonese phrases like funny slang or whatever so I'll pick like a phrase and I'll like in the video I'll explain the phrase like oh this is what this character means this is what this character means and this is what the whole thing means together so like um, a good example would be like there's this phrase called like it's not really a phrase but it's like Mao Tao Ying which is like cat head eagle right <laughs> And that's and that's the name of a bird. Do you want to take a guess at what type of bird that is? Like, so sorry, say it again. It's a it's it's cat head eagle. So it's like an eagle with a cat's head. I don't know. I just thought like only one type of eagle. (laughs) I can only think of like the American type of eagle. Nah, it's not an eagle. Anyway, it's it's an owl, right? So like, oh, that's good actually. Yeah, yeah. The idea, right? Yeah. What's that? It eats mice and stuff. Yeah, well, because it kind of looks like an eagle, but then it's got like this head of a cat, kind of. I mean, not really, but a little bit. So, you know, that's a that's kind of a funny one. There's plenty of other ones. There's another one which is like um, (laughs) this one's particularly funny. Uh, It's dissect Jack say hi, which is like big rock crushes the crab. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
right? And that it's like a saying, right? People will say this when they say they don't have any power in a situation, oh, right? right? Like if you go to McDonald's and you say, "Man, this, I, I want to, I don't know." But I don't know. Let's say you go to McDonald's and you're like, this burger sucks. You guys should make better burgers. Like, hey, man, you know, we just get the burgers and we fry them. <laughs> you know, if you don't like the recipe, you know, well, and then you might say, hey, man, look, I'm powerless. This is not, I'm out of my control right, how good these right. burgers taste. And you say, like, you might say, die, say, Jack, say hi. Or right. my, a better one might be like, oh, you go to a hotel and you want an upgrade for your room. And the guy at the hotel desk is like, I don't have any power to give you that or we don't have any rooms. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, and he, um, that one's particularly funny because my dad likes that phrase. I have not really heard him say it, but he likes that phrase apparently, and he likes it so much that he named his nephew. <laughs> not not his nephew, his um grandson, like, like my sister's my sister's son. He named him Big Rock. <laughs> Like, he named it in Chinese. His Chinese name is Daisek, which is Big Rock. And the idea is he's going to crush crabs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Anyway, so I want to make videos about, like, these phrases because it's like, I think it's interesting. It's the kind of stuff people might might want to learn about. And then you can also, like, say, hey, you know, you just put it under the account with the same name as the app. And at the end of the uh, video, you, like, put in a little splash with the app logo and maybe say like download on the app store or something so i'm going to try that out and see what that type of marketing does right and well, you're going to facebook ads and google ads again or are you trying different platforms so it's not going to be ads actually i'm just going to put these videos on instagram twitter tiktok youtube and i'm going to try organically get get people to watch these videos right um i mean you could say they're ads but i'm not paying for people to watch them this is an um. interesting discussion, actually. Like, there, like I think YouTube ads have become at least more prevalent. I, I feel like they're actually pushing them a little too much, a little too yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, they must be like hitting. They must be aware they're hitting some kind of cognitive barrier. Like soon. Like if they start, if they show more ads, I think. Uh, I don't know what the alternative is, um, but they're gonna start annoying people. <laughs> Like it's it's on that border for me at least. I think the alternative is people pay, right? Because you can pay to get rid of the ads on YouTube. I, I feel like you're, you're rewarding them <laughs> at that point for <laughs> like breaching the cognitive barrier, um, <laughs> or or maybe you just like YouTube and you think it's a good app. I think it is. Like I mean, it is kind of pushing me that direction. Yeah. I just yeah, I'm not sure. It's like I don't know. I was thinking about some of the ads like. Yeah, YouTube seems to have a way crapper time at like marketing towards me. I think definitely Facebook seems to be the most appropriate ads. Um, they're actually getting me to click them. I don't think I've done them anywhere else. Um, yeah, the YouTube ones I get are, like seem to be actually pretty generic in nature. But isn't YouTube owned by Google? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know why they're sucking so much at like pitching me stuff. Um, I, I would, would say it's really like easy. they just don't they're not too bothered maybe no way it'll be the whole like revenue system of like no because yeah it's a lot but I think their search ads it just brings in so much money they they don't care like um Peter Thiel wrote a book about it it's called Zero to One but he ta- he talks about like how um <laughs> the whole reason Google does so much is because they're hiding 
they want they want to hide the fact that their search revenues are so ginormous right. and it's a monopoly. Um, right. <laughs> so, so like it, it would just be a weird situation if there's one company all they do is search and they bring in like you know 400 billion a year or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's why they're just doing all this other shit. So they're like, no, 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 we're not, we're not just a search company. Like we're. Did we mentioned something about Microsoft doing something like that after the antitrusts on Bill Gates, where they were like, maybe trying to play it cool by being like number two in a lot of areas. Hmm. Um, like maybe this is Google's way to try and avoid antitrust. I didn't think of it that way because they basically do have a monopoly on the search game. Like the yep. alternatives. Just like hey, there's a couple, but they're fairly minor, right? Um, What's well, uh, hold on a sec? I need to move some stuff. I'll I'll just be back in two seconds. I need to turn on the light. Yeah, I guess while yeah, he's gone, I'm just trying, trying, trying to think of like, like YouTube ads kind of thing. Just like there were some gaming ads. So I think it was like Dying Light 2, but I'm gonna buy that anyway, so it wasn't really affected by the ad. There's actually some mobile gaming. Um, ads I'm getting through YouTube, and I'm like, I can't remember the last time I've bought a mobile game. Mm. Um, and like, you're, like, you own Android, and you see everything that I do Google. Like, you know that I don't ever install mobile game apps. Like, or I did it when I went to Japan, I think, because you're like flying and traveling a lot, right? Um, but outside of that, I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna buy this. Like, you're. <laughs> you literally have nothing else to market to me, like I don't. No, get but um, like um, they um, I think it's because like if you've got like such a hugely successful mobile app, mobile game, at some point you're just gonna you're just gonna get all the people that are easy installs. They will just install, right? right. And so you need to start reaching out to like less easy installs, but which uh, is probably I, you, I, right? No, I get that, but I'm not even near like that threshold. I mean. I think you are. I don't think but, uh, I am. No, no, I, like, or or I think you might look like you might because there's like a uh, game that there's like one or two games they've like advertised to me. Like I see them all the time. And it's getting to the point where I'm just annoyed seeing the same ad like over yeah. and over again. I'm like, <laughs> I've clearly like made a cognitive decision at this point that I'm not going to like get this because they're actually like they're just too simple in nature um, or like they're playing like the fan fiction like soft like erotic angle and it's like I don't care <laughs> like I don't know it's like Facebook's ad engine just seems to me way way more on point it's like yeah here's some art here's some like anime sound festivals um, here's some like clothes and stuff that like looks appealing yeah. Like, cool. Like, they make sense. Um, YouTube ones are just like, you're not even trying, bro. Like, it's almost like they were, it was just a super wide category. It's like, he likes hmm. games. Yeah. And they're just like, he's mobile games, because that's like where most of the ad revenue is. And I'm just like, yeah, you you didn't like, <laughs> come on. Um, I don't know. They, it might just be me. It's, it's a good point, because like, you know, I think when Google did their first ad thing, ad uh, system, whatever you want to call it. Mm. It's They actually had a really, in a way, they had a quite an easy time, right? Like, they don't need to build a profile on the user. I mean, for a long time, there were no user accounts at Google, right? Mm. But they still had ads. Um, 
but the ads were very effective because if you're searching like I don't know um, hair salon <laughs> sorry um, you know hair salon like whatever <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll cut that yeah. <laughs> so hair salon like wherever you live <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> Um, then that's a really effective ad. Like if you own a hair salon in that area, yeah, you know, you know, this person wants to get a haircut probably today or very soon. And you know that they have an intention to buy something, right? Or like, I don't know, flowers, right? Flower mm-hmm. delivery, mm-hmm. flower delivery, Sydney, right? Then, you know, okay, I've got a flower delivery business in Sydney. I could sell flowers to this guy who's searching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's search based. It's not, it's not like, you know, um, human base whereas facebook it's always been you know their ad thing has always been around profiles around users so it's the core of their business whereas google's core the core of google's business is is search ads and i think they're only now like building up profiles um through gmail and youtube and whatever other hooks they've got in to people that's it it's just yeah i don't know like i just feel like google would have actually a way better profile of me than Facebook would have. Um, nah, nah. Why? Why would they have a better one? Because they're Android. I'm just saying, I use the Messenger, but I mean, like, I'm not really posting that much on Facebook, right? There's actually not really that much that I've, like, voluntarily put up there. Um, so, like, other than what they're data mining through my chats with people. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you could probably get a lot. Of, no, but like, you can also get, like, you know, you're friends with me and you're friends with you know other people and they're like those guys might post a lot and then you know they, they I guess they like kind of t- liking some posts of other people maybe um, yeah that's part of it yeah I don't know it, it would be it would be really cool if you could just pull down all Facebook news about you I bet it's scarily accurate it probably <laughs> I mean some is. yeah some like cause um my friend works at an ad tech company and he um He's, there's a system where you can check, you can put in some token, which is like your device token or whatever, and you can see what profile they have of you. And he's like, um, I think he's 40, 40-year-old 40 guy. <laughs> and the system pinned him as a 50-year-old woman. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was pretty upset by that. <laughs> this is so accurate. And then so, like, yeah. Uh, I would love that he starts pulling down, like, if you could see the, the reason that the system, like, if you could see the decision yeah. tree or something, and it's yeah. like, and then he's like, it must be wrong, and then you follow it, it's like, you know, you're like, you like cats, yes. It's like you, I don't know, <laughs> you know, just have all these qualities that, like, actually put you in that group, and then you just feel even worse, it's like, the system's right. What I would really like is if, like, <laughs> he, like, does some research, he finds out he is a 50-year-old woman. Oh my god. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I already had this feeling. No wonder I have these breasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is new. I had no idea. Yeah, anyway, so um, I what I did was, for this marketing thing, I, I've hired some guys to write the scripts. Um, they're going to pass some... Like, I told them... Fine, I, told, I hired a few people, and I said, find ten phrases, mm-hmm. and then write you know, 10 scripts for those phrases. And then I'm going to get those on Friday. And I'm going after that, I'm going to, um, hire maybe a voice actor or 
something or some sort of video person to like produce these videos from these scripts. Yeah. And then I might even hire someone to upload these things to all these different platforms because that's like, I want to, what I'm trying to do is like, just not do anything. (laughs) If you know what I mean? Like I don't want to spend all week making videos, right? I would like it if there's like a system in place and there's people working on it and it's just happening. And yeah, I got to pay these people, but then I can do other stuff in the meantime or just do nothing, right? Like just play StarCraft all day and these videos will get made. (laughs) So I'm trying to set up that sort of system. Yeah, how easy is it to like contract that out? Like I feel like there's a lot of websites like built for that kind of purpose, right? Um... Yeah, the one I the main one is Upwork. That's the one I like using. There's there's um certain things it's not very good for, but other things it's very good for. Like if you want to hire a programmer, graphic designer, you know these big broad categories, illustrator, um, writer, then it's great for that. But if you want to hire, I don't know, something a bit more specific, it might be hard. I did find an animator on that on that website once, but um. It's interesting because, like, at least on the voice actor side, it was, like, I saw, um, there was a video I watched. It was really long. <laughs> it's just, like, one of those ones you see on YouTube, you're like, I'm not going to watch all this. Uh, it was on the, a guy who was hired, uh, it was by an anime or a manga studio who wanted, a, like, an audio book version mm-hmm. of their manga. Um, and so he had the whole thing right so he kind of had all the lines he had to like get voice actors for all the roles he had to edit it all together and everything and like yeah even just like he, he documented the whole process like all his decision making was on camera and then like how he was interviewing like so he gave like a couple of lines of each character to like voice actors essentially to like yep. Um, yep. test them out and then play them back and then rate them and like was commenting on like their abilities and if they fit the role um i thought it was really fascinating um i don't know why but i'm like actually like intimidated by that process for some reason um but he made it look like a lot of fun oh yeah it's funny i've actually done that before like i used i don't know if you 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 might have played some of my xbox games there was one where i even put your name in the game yeah (laughs) i remember that one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and yeah, I had to hire voice actors for that. And there is a there is a dedicated website for voice actors. So I still like remember it's like you know why they call me Homo Lao, <laughs> and just the options for it was so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm a homo that game <laughs> <laughs> that game doesn't really hold up today. <laughs> <laughs> That so game is going to stop me from being like CEO of a company. No way. Yeah, because like, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It is. It's so good though. It's You're pretty like, offensive. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many great moments that are so ridiculous. Like I think of the other one where you're like, um, you have to see. Where you're flirting with a girl and you're like make racing car noises. <laughs> yeah, that's and you right. Just make her uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was a good one. That one is like a, you have to lose. It's like this. Uh, yeah, I like that. Like I, I, I especially you know I like those games where you um, 
give the player a bunch of choices and there's like two that seem dumb and there's one that seems good but yeah. it's it's always like a genie's curse type thing or what's it called monkey's paw monkey paws curse type thing so like i don't know somebody like vomits on the floor and then one of the options is like eat it another option is like <laughs> like put it in your hair another option is like clean it up and you like okay i'll choose clean it up and then you like clean it up by eating it and putting it in your hair like <laughs> Like, you know, you just get them. <laughs> like, you just get the player to do something they don't want to do. I always find that really funny. You just, yeah, I mean, that's you in your entirety. You're just like, how could I fuck with this player? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to choose the boring option? You chose the wrong game, motherfucker. <laughs> You're going to do this weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that game was like, you're, you're a host and your your job's to like... You work at a bar and you're supposed to, like, you're a professional seducer of women. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I thought that was a pretty funny game. But it's it a is name a name for that person, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's a host, yeah. A host. In Japan, host, at least. Right. Host and hostess. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a lot more popular for girls to do it for guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, There's probably, like, ten hostess bars for one host bars, but... I don't know why. Um, I'm not that interested in the female version, but I'm kind of curious to actually now go to, like, the male version to compare it to your game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see, like, how close you got this. Um, I should, um, I should go, actually, and then show them my game. We're gonna go to Japan. Think. We're gonna go together. Like, yeah. Yeah, because I think, like, I would go and I'd be super boring. Like, I wouldn't be able to push the... I think... I could see you going and being like, alright, I want the full experience. Show me what you <laughs> they, got. <laughs> they, apparently, you can go as a guy. Yeah. To the host bars, but they just ignore you. Oh. Um, we'll take a girl. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Or I watched this video where this YouTuber uh, went. It was a guy, but she dressed as a girl. Oh. And, like, and um, she pretended to be a girl and uh, tricked the hosts. Haha. <laughs> but she said she had a fun time. Right. Well, that's their job. <laughs> like, they wouldn't have any business if you didn't have a fun time. I think it would be hard if you didn't speak Japanese like to even have any fun you reckon depends yeah. on how much of it's conversational it's I guess mostly, a lot right? of it would be right yeah they just talk that's a funny thing I watched there's a documentary about it on Netflix and um yeah they say it's like partly about how good looking the guy is but it's more about whether they can talk well right should be like charismatic in general right yeah yeah just be cool and say interesting shit it's like an interesting market. Like, I've thought about that too. Yeah, really? I'm like, why does this work? This like, there's no reason this wouldn't work in Western countries, right? Yeah, I was actually I had that thought. Like, I was, why does this seem to be so? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Japan that just doesn't exist anywhere else. So yep. they seem to like be okay with like eccentric stuff um, in a way that maybe the rest of our cultures kind of frown on or like push back against like Japan just seems to be like yeah do whatever you want um yeah and but I you know I I would be I would kind of think it would be fun to try open a host bar in Sydney or whatever but then I also do think it's like quite a horrible um business what do you mean like like well, revenue wise or you mean like in the current like culture climate like I no, no 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 not about that i don't care about that but yeah. um it's more like as it's i think it's bad for both 
people involved. Like it's bad it's for like the unhealthy. host. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. Like physically unhealthy for the host because like they just drink all day. Oh, right. <laughs> like, mo- like they make money by drinking, right? So like they go there and then the like the customers buy them drinks and then they drink a lot and then. You know, the more they drink, the more money they make, kind of. Or they can just get the customers to buy more expensive alcohol. But basically, they will be drinking a lot more. Model? You could change yeah. the business model. Like, I don't yes, know. yes. You could, you could and should change the business model. Like, um, I think it'd be closer to therapy, maybe. Like, some, yeah. somewhere between, like, hire a friend and, like, therapy, maybe. Um, and also, like, they do encourage the... Um, the customers to like dump a lot of money on them. Mm-hmm. So like there's some hosts that makes, you know, crazy amounts of money. Like they make a million a month or something. And then you could say, yeah, they have like customers that can afford it, but there will be people that are spending more than they can afford on these, on these like host slash hostesses. Well, that's why I think so, you were going with when you said it's unhealthy. Like I thought you're like mentally unhealthy. Cause these are like essentially. Yeah. It's both. Right? right. Like, like for the, for the, customer i would say it's like could be financially unhealthy or just bad finance you know you just lose all your money on these guys or or girls um and it's also not a real relationship yeah. right <laughs> like i think essentially you're paying for an ideal r- like relationship right yeah yeah because it's like oh i want a friend but they have to just focus on me and make me you know you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. be exactly what i want it's not a two-way thing right so that's not natural <laughs> and then for the you know the host hostesses like yeah they're just smoking and drinking a lot i know like i was thinking like because there's some parallels there with other services right like a lot of professional services are like that where it's like it's a one-way transaction even in therapy it's not like you know, after therapy ends, you're going to, like, hang out with <laughs> your therapist or something, right? Even though, in a way, you're, like, opening up and being super vulnerable and you're building this bond with them. It's, like, there's yeah. still that idea there that it's, like, it's a professional service. Yes. Um, but maybe because, like, therapy is, like, a certified and regulated field, right? Like, because you could imagine that that bond could be abused very, very easily. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. That's very true because they will. Ha- they. I mean, they do, right? They do say things like you can't date your patients, you can't um, charge too much, or you know, ex- basically exploit your patients. They, they, they will have tons of rules. Yeah. Like, you know, doctor, uh, doctors like in Hong Kong, they have a rule that says they're not allowed to advertise. <laughs> like, um, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like. Well, why not? And and is it really legal to tell, you know, these people they're not allowed to buy advertisements? But yeah, I, maybe they're worried that they fall. This is like another counter argument, which is like the. Maybe. I I would say that they kind of control the market because like, if if you have to include advertising costs as part of your business, then you make then then you as a profession it's kind of detrimental to the whole profession, right? Because like, uh, if the if the medical field is worth like I don't know twenty billion a year, if you have to include money in advertising, maybe you put one billion a year into advertising. That means everyone involved loses money, right? So, 
I'm gonna go out on a limb here and be like, it's one of the few professions that doesn't feel corrupt to me, at least from my experiences. Yep, yep, yep. Um, like, the, most of the therapists that I've talked to have been extremely professional and actually, like, very, very compassionate. And, like, yeah, I just... It doesn't feel like capitalism has, like, gotten to that thing and just being like, this is all about money. Um... There are, like, few places that I can point to that that doesn't feel the way. Um, and it's, like, different from, say, like, the general medical industry where I feel like those people care, but they're actually, like, a bit burnt out because, like, those are... Like, they don't have a choice of the people they see, whereas therapists can be selective. Uh -huh. I also think that, like, therapy... Okay, I, was, um, I did something silly the other day. Like, I recommended it to someone, and then... Like, they made a really good point to me, and I went, I'm an idiot. Which is, like, I think therapy only works when the person wants it, right? Mm. It's, like, it's super obvious. Which is why I don't think maybe advertising works so well. Um, I think, like, I think it help a little bit. But it's, like, the person themselves, I think it's actually an important part of the process that the person themselves is, like, the one reaching out, like, starting that conversation. Um because if you're not open and you don't want to change, then it's kind of pointless. Um, and I don't know. Like I was just going down that rabbit hole because I was wondering, like, how much of that is necessary for the friend thing? Because I also saw like most clinics are like completely overbooked. Like it's actually like crazy because of I think the lockdowns. Like everyone's been affected massively um, in their mental health and their social lives. So I think, like, if you could build that business model, like, around the warmth and not get captured too much in the, in, like, the chasing of revenue or, like, watering down the product, like, if you could actually help people, I think there is, like, definitely a business model there, like, if it, if it was built right. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 because, like, um, obviously people want this thing, right? But there are exploitative, like exploitative elements on both sides, right? Because I think whoever's owning the business maybe is not involved in either side, right? They're not a host; they're not a customer, so they're kind of just exploiting the customers and also exploiting the host, right? Like they're damaging the bodies of the hosts, hostesses as well. So and, and if you assume there's no drinking involved, right? Like the hostesses yeah, yeah. aren't drinking. Um... And if it's like an hourly rate, you know, nothing like. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to get it so that, oh, there's like, you could go in there and spend, you know, $20,000. Yeah. You don't want that, right? Yeah. Because um, you want to make it so that it's like a, a reasonably like a price. priced yeah. service. Yeah. Um, And then I think, yeah, it could be good, right? I think so. Maybe like also for, from what I've like been talking to people, there's a lot of people who have like social anxiety about like going out and meeting new people or don't know how to form those connections. I wonder if this could act as like the icebreaker for those people like mm. in a way. Yes. Um, yep. as long as it didn't become a cr it doesn't become a crutch, but like in some way that maybe that's like it helps you build up your self-esteem and you feel better about yourself and then they use that as like almost as like a like a meet a friend service, like after you hang yes. out with this higher person yep. for a while, like you actually behind the scenes these people who are being the hosts 
they go back and they build a pro put like a profile of you and then try to connect you like maybe then you'll have like a three-way discussion with like another guest or something like you have two yeah. guests and one host and you try to or, like help people yeah or you don't maybe you don't even need to force it maybe it's just you know this person's like socially uncomfortable around other people and then they go to this uh location or like they go meet this host and then they just feel more comfortable talking to people and then you know they can yeah. they can form natural relationships um more easily so you're going to do that on the side now <laughs> that sounds so. like a that doesn't sound like an on the side thing <laughs> you know <laughs> i think you make something like that that's that's a that's a full-time job full-time job uh, i don't probably not just imagine hiring for it. It's like looking for like super attractive, charismatic who would you people hire? who can talk. Why? Well, no, you don't have to be super attractive. Yeah, it would be funny. <laughs> How do you hire that one? I mean, we have friends that would be good at that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I was thinking that. Like, Josh Steel um, would steal. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh would be very good. Josh would be amazing. Like, <laughs> we just need Josh like to clone him a couple of times. Um, yeah. We got lots of we're lucky. We have lots of friends that would be very good at that. Do you, uh, do you remember Shaw? Maybe you never met him, but maybe he, he's, I didn't. Um, Steel would be good too. <laughs> in his yeah. own weird way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You might even need like just a diversity of people for like just to click. Like I, I even wonder like how you'd match people, right? Like. I feel like even therapy, like people jump around a little bit um, mm. between people. Yeah, because I, yeah, I guess the same thing would happen in the hostess bars. So they'd have a they'd have a system, right? But I imagine that maybe you walk in and you get to pick someone. Maybe I think um, they do have a loyalty thing there. I don't exactly remember. I think you are pinned to the same person. Yeah, at the bar. So if you go to another bar, you get a different person, but. I think you don't actually get the change. Yeah, I'm super curious now. I'm putting this on my list of things to do. And we're going to Japan, by the way. So When do you want to go? Is it open? Yeah, it's open. It's funny how like it is open. countries can just be closed. Yeah, no, I want to... Japan wanna border. Japan to open borders to 10,000 arrivals a day from April. Cool. So I think... In the March. Smart Josh. So it's going to be like... Because we talk about two Joshes. We've got <laughs> it's not very nice. Sorry, we have charismatic Josh and we have... Like smart Josh. Hey, maybe it makes the other they're, ones. Seem... They're both smart and they're both charismatic. Ah, okay, one's a genius, Jason, and one is like, like a social like super magnet. Um, oh, why don't you just call them <laughs> Josh know. K and Josh B? All right, okay. I don't have to like attack their characters like this. <laughs> that was complimenting their characters, but it was also like an you know it was a bit of a diss, right? Is it? Like if there's like cool Jason and then there's like, you know. Nice, Jason. Which one would you rather be? But I think you'd be able to acknowledge that. Like, there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, just messing. Yeah, maybe. With you. I don't know. I don't, honestly, I'm not sure if I am dissing them. Because I thought, like, those are the extreme attributes of their character. It's not to say that, like, smart Josh isn't charismatic, and not to say that, like, charismatic Josh isn't smart. I just mean the way that we talk about them and their end of the spectrum is, like, those are like, they, the charismatic Josh is the most charismatic person I've ever met 
in my entire yeah. life. And yeah. like the smart Josh is like one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. It's like yeah. that's a huge yeah. compliment as far as like maybe they read it differently and they'd focus on the thing they don't have, maybe. I'm not sure. I hope they don't. I hope they, they take it as a compliment that it's intended. I, I hope they skip this episode. Oh, okay. they, don't, they don't deserve <laughs> to be sledged by you like this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> How do we refer to like Angus and Jason? Anyway, it's not important. Um, just, we have cool. different names, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. We've got to meet more Joshes because maybe they're all like in more extremes of that attribute. Like what if you're a Josh? Yeah, we're going to meet a Josh and he's going to be smart and cool. And we'll be like, oh no. No, but what if you're just what like are we a mediocre do? Josh, and then it's just like <laughs> we just just call him average Josh. <laughs> we get to own that. But if they Vanilla Josh, <laughs> okay, that would suck. That would by the suck. numbers, Josh. Uh, um, I don't know how we got here. Um, so we were talking about marketing. You were doing blog stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. So like you know, I'm half. I'm early stages in this video thing. Um, I think it's probably going to take maybe another week yeah. to get through. So I'll give you guys another update next time. Okay. That sounds good. I'm kind of keen to see what it looks like. Um, yeah. I mean, tell me um, when, when I make the videos, tell me what you think. Cause I, I, I think they should just be interesting for anyone. You know, it's not just, I want a lot of people to watch them. I don't just, if I don't want them to be like targeted video. What's that? They're like videos, like the kind of stuff I'd see on YouTube ads. But, um, I would say they're not ads. Right. But Aren't they? Yes, but they're like 10% ad, 90% interesting, you know? Right. I was so going like, to say, those are the best ones. Like, yeah. the best YouTube ads I've seen are the ones where, because they know like they've got the three seconds until you can click thing. Yeah. So they like, they say something funny or like apps, like usually it's something funny. Uh, or retarded or I don't know whatever <laughs> it's, it's just like alright I'm going to watch the rest of the ad here and they tell like a, a silly story um, or something or it's humorous like if they're I think those are the best ads maybe it depends on your target audience um, but otherwise I just like I'm spamming like skip um, unless they can't like grab my attention I'm surprised more of them don't do it honestly like a lot of them are actually like super bland in that first three seconds um Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I just, just I think I've almost never watched an ad. I've never thought, "Ooh, I'll finish watching this." Really? Yeah, yeah. Only a no, couple. like if yeah. I can skip, then I'll I'll skip. But often it's like a ten second ad, and they don't let you skip. So you just and then I tune I out. I don't know. Yeah, you can't skip it, and I'll just like I'll open a different tab. <laughs> I, I think I'm just such a grumpy, cynical guy that when I watch these things, I'm just like, Ugh, you know? Yeah. Like I I just coming into it just. It's, it's very hard to turn me around because I'm coming into it with so much negativity. I, get, I think a lot of our listeners don't get that from you, like, at all. Because like, you're, like, <laughs> well, so, like... Even I was talking to um, uh, one of my friends about listening to your, the podcast, and I was like, I don't think, like, any of this stuff would be of interest. And she's like, honestly, it's just Angus. <laughs> like, he says such ridiculous things that make you uncomfortable <laughs> and you don't know how to respond and I'm like right no but that's you because they, they like they like your response I'm just like alright <laughs> I don't know maybe I'm just there for the contrast right I'm just like this normal guy <laughs> and then you're saying these ridiculous things you're a, um, you're a very much not a normal guy Jason uh, <laughs> I don't 
I don't know, because I only get to live in my head. I sometimes... <laughs> it's normalized for me. Um, what was I going to say? It was actually a... Uh, this is like a really weird like tangent, but it was something that's been on my mind for a long time. I think I might have mentioned this to you. Like this is a pivot back to like the gratitude episode, mm. and I was really trying to square this circle about like um, uh, around like the gratitude concept, like our thought experiment around like just having gratitude if someone showed up at all, and then realizing what I was actually saying is I have like no self-respect. <laughs> okay. I, um, because that's what it is, right? Like, it's. I don't know. Like, I was really. Like, I wasn't even aware of it until, like, some of my more recent experiences where I kind of got taken massive advantage of. Um, and I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> like, if you're just, like, in this position of. And I've seen it happen to other people, too, right? Like, if they're just, like, really accepting and open people, they can tend to be taken advantage of, um, mm. whether intentionally or not, right? But it just happens. Because um, they don't have those walls, or we're just more likely to take crap and, like, be forgiving or rationalize the other person's behavior or something. Like, you just see the good in everyone. It's like, they wouldn't mean bad things. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, like, it really came down to that, I guess, that question, which is what I think you said, and I had to think about it for a long time, because I think I didn't even understand the core concept of respect, honestly. Like, there's a lot of words I thought I knew they meant, like, what they meant, and I didn't think I did. Um, so, like, maybe if I remember, I'll come back to, like, the idea of shame. Like, I didn't understand <laughs> actually what that meant. Um, and... Yeah, so it's in this case, it was like, basically, there's a value proposition being made, which is, I, th I think you brought this up with me, which is the idea that that person, like your friend, is not valuing, they value their their own time more than your time, or like the time in the friendship or something. Like, they're making a value judgment, essentially, right? Um, like, you're worth so little to them, they're not going to any effort for you. Mm. Um and then, like, you kind of have to... You're making also a value call on that as well. Like, if you're okay with it 100%, then you're you're putting yourself, like, you're valuing yourself really low. Like, that's kind of self-respect. You're like, I value myself so lowly that if this person even shows up for five minutes, like, after being late for 55 minutes, like, I'm grateful for that last five. So, I kind of thought that it, maybe it was... Um, and maybe it, it depends on like how you view it, because I think there's like maybe the Buddhist monk view of seeing it, where it's like if you're if you're completely disconnected from the world. Um, this is the way I'm starting to see it. It's like if you're a monk, and you're like on this journey to enlightenment, and you're you're not actually searching for like social connection, or like bonds with friends, um, like if they're just interactions to you, and you're experiencing life on that level, I think that's okay for that gratitude. But if you're an actual functioning person in society. Like, it's necessary for you to build relationships and have friends that feel valued and they should also feel valued. Then I mm. think respect is actually an important facet um, because you shouldn't let someone just, like, stamp all over you. Like, and I've seen different extremes. Like, I have some friends who, like, might 
like potentially take it, get very offended if you showed up late at all, right? Yes, I remember um, this point. We were talking about this. Or, yeah, I mean, in that thought experiment. But it, like, it goes into other areas, like, say, like, um, responsiveness to texts or, like, how often... Um, I've been talking to a lot of people about these concepts because I'm not... I don't think there's a right and wrong way, right? It's just, like, there's a personal style. Um, like, who initiates conversations, who... Um, just all this kind of stuff, like contact frequency and responsiveness. Um, like, and this is even, like, in people who are, like, actually, like, pretty... Like, they suit each other's dynamic pretty well. Like, it's, like, where people aren't being malicious towards each other. It's just, like, their dynamic just doesn't fit very well. Like, someone's, like, super busy and they're, like, work-oriented. And then you have someone like me who, like, doesn't have a job. <laughs> and I just, like, do nothing all day. So it's, like, I think if... um I mean, like, I've been doing a lot of work lately, which feels really you good. You do have a job now, kind I of. I have a job, yeah. No, it feels good yeah. to be productive again. And, like, I have a, a great set of co-founders and stuff. But um, but it's still, like, it's still different from a normal job, right? Like, it's mm. still very yes. flexible. And it's, like, if I, th- if I think, at least from my perspective, I think it, if I didn't have, like, potentially... I, I, I think I have to, in some ways, water down my expectations... Because, like, just everyone has a job, right? And maybe you have the same thing, which is, like, if, you know, if you're available 24-7, you can't expect other people to have that same availability. Sure, Um, yeah. Yep. I'm not sure. So, and then I was trying to square it, because, like, I do want to remain that, like, like, super open, like, gratitude feeling, because it's really nice. But because of the recent experiences where I feel like I was kind of taken advantage of and I've seen other people being taken advantage of, I'm like, okay, how do I square that? Like, do I have to stop being less grateful? Do I, like, what's the mindset there? Can I can I have both, right? Can I have self-respect and be super grateful? And for a while mm-hmm. I was thinking that maybe it's not possible, but now I think it is possible. Like, it just took me a long time to get around to it. So I kind of uh, went yeah. full circle. Um like I, I don't think being grateful and having self-respect is yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I I I could see. Um, well, for a while they felt mutually exclusive. It was only like yeah, yeah, yeah. in the because because the way you framed it, like um, um, yeah. I mean, I think the example we talked about was um like <laughs> your yeah. friends like an hour late for work, uh, late for lunch, and you don't like have a go at them. Yeah. Um. I but that's the thing, right? Is I think it, it's contextual, but I'm starting to now lean towards like you can be super grateful, but I think the self-respect comes like there might be there's actually a need of confrontation around the self-respect, because I think before like without self-respect, like because you can still be grateful and have a moment of confrontation, right? Yeah. Which is like you're asking. I think that's the thing. It's like. You're kind of saying, like, I'm super grateful, I really like this, but I feel like there's a value imbalance here. Like, you're not valuing my time. Um, yep. Look, if there's a, if that's not the case, but the onus is kind of on you now to show me that. And if, if you don't show me that you don't, if you don't value me, then 
then I think that you probably have to question your gratitude structure. It's like if if you're valuing, if you're being grateful for someone to treat you like shit, it's like I think that's the problem. I think I was like, I didn't understand, but it requires mm. I think confrontation, um, yep. which is what I was originally leaning against. Um, like I think yeah, so at least this is where my current frame of mind is. So I've changed from the original one. It's like okay, I think. So I went from like, be fully open. I'm like, that leads to you being exploited because it's non-confrontational at all. And the value structure can be so out of place. It was kind of naive. Like, I think it actually works if you have like actually really meaningful, like good meaning friends and like that social circle, the person you're interacting with, if they're acting in good faith. But the moment they act not in good faith, that model breaks down. So it doesn't actually work in the real world. I was being naive. And then I went to, I thought it was mutually exclusive, where I thought a lot about your self-respect. Because so I'm like, I think that it requires confrontation. And I went, for the last couple of days, I was actually in like a place of like really like heated anger about being exploited. Um, and I was like, but I realized that that was not where I wanted to be. Like the person that makes you, is you, you close down and then it's the opposite of gratitude. You start lashing. It's not just even lashing out at the person you're annoyed at. You lash out at everyone and you become emotionally closed off. Um, you become judgmental and you can't in, like have a level of introspection. Like It's a lot harder to get to a place where you go, maybe there's something I can do to improve. Like I can't do that when I'm in anger. Like I just like... I'm just like, that person <laughs> is annoying me, <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> when I was like reflecting on that, I'm like, I don't, I gotta let this go because this, like, <laughs> this is really bad. Yep. It's like, yep. um, like I had some positive attributes because I think it's necessary now. I was trying to understand the purpose of anger, like, right? It's like, I think it's necessary, but I didn't understand where it was. I think it's necessary for the point of confrontation, potentially. Or post-confrontation, if that person is basically making a value assertion that says that they don't value you, right? Mm. I think that's the place for anger. And then that's the place where I think you can, at least for me, I'm now shelving the gratitude. It's like gratitude is not something like, it's almost like I'm feeling like everyone deserves an open book on like gratitude and an opportunity. And I will keep offering that to the point but, like, if you feel like your self-respect is, like, um, being pushed in a certain direction now, there becomes a point of confrontation. And if the confrontation leads to a point where the person clearly doesn't value you, then that leads to anger, and then you get to withdraw the gratitude. Because, I don't know, it's still a thought experiment, but that's where I'm at now. It, it, does that make sense? Like, is this actually, like, hey. really obvious to you? And, like, I'm only just working this out now. Like, I'm just uh, curious. No, I, I, no, it's. I think it's not obvious. I think right. the reason it's not obvious is because, like, um, for some reason, you you started thinking, you know, I should be more grateful, and then once you start applying that, if if you know, if you apply it super strong, then then maybe you just become like a bit of a doormat, right? Which um, is what happened. Yeah, I became yeah, a complete yeah. doormat. Um, um, so you know, just pull it back a bit I think well that was it yeah, I mean, like, that's you, what I you, did yeah. I pulled it back yeah. and then I don't want to pull it back I actually really liked being that super open like mm. grateful person but then I was like 
okay, they're mutually exclusive. And I thought they were. Like, I felt really sad that I had to close off, right, and become a little bit more walled up and defensive. Because mm. that felt really sad. And I'm like... And then I was talking to someone, like a new friend that I got introduced to, and he challenged me on that and made me realize it's not mutually exclusive. Like, there is a way that you can exhibit self-respect while also being a very open person. Like, you can be, like, very loving and a great person. Like, I guess the way I'm thinking about now is kind of like a motherly bear or something. It's just like, maybe she's, like, really nurturing and take care of her cubs, but the moment they're threatened, she'll, like, destroy, like, anything mm. that comes at them, right? I think, like, you can have that bipolar relationship. Um, and... I don't think bipolar is the right word there. <laughs> like polarized, polarized um, like mentality and that it's a switch and they're just understanding and be very conscious of that switch potentially. Because I yes. think that also builds respect. Like others will feel more respect for you too, right? Because like the more you allow yourself to be a doormat, actually people don't respect you for that. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, because I was thinking about a lot of the people that I respect are like people who like, stick up for themselves a lot, right? Like, um, so they don't take crap from other people. But they're still good people, right? Like, yes. Sorry. I, I <laughs> no, kind of feel like this stuff is obvious. <laughs> Just like no, it's not, I, I don't think it is, because I think one thing you notice about older people is they, they are less ego-driven. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's because they're like, oh, I'm going to die, it doesn't really matter. You know? <laughs> like... Somebody's insulted you. Um, Do you think so? I, I, I guess maybe with the experience you realize it kind of doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't really matter what other people think. It doesn't really matter if somebody's disrespecting you. Um, I kind of went the opposite direction, though. Now. I think it is important that if people are disrespecting you. Because... Well, maybe... That's what I said. Like, like in the When you're 20, I think, it, I think when you're 20, you, yeah. it matters more to you than it does when you're, like, 60, right? I, okay, and, so, like... I don't know if you're saying like it matters to like say say someone was like disrespecting me like how I'm personally taking that on or like in this context I was talking about a friendship right or like a relationship I have with someone in whatever Mm -hmm. capacity if you're being disrespected that's like that's potentially like a toxic relationship right yes like someone who doesn't value you that's someone who's like putting you down one way or the other they're making you feel insecure um, and I think it's that realization that it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting to a point where I'm just like, maybe becoming a little bit more cognizant of it. In a lot of ways, I'm still really blind because I was too naively like open. Um, mm. and just like, cause there's so many great people out there. I mean, that's my counterpoint, right? It's like, if you are meeting so many great people with like that deserve respect and that want to give that respect it's like why are you giving this energy to the people who don't deserve it Mm. like and they don't want it right like if they're not giving it to you it's almost like they're saying i don't deserve it and i don't want it from you like i feel like it's a reciprocative process um i don't know it's interesting it's going down a rabbit hole because i'm trying to like square like a whole number of issues um so it was like anger self-respect gratitude those three at least um like because i feel like there's an interplay there that i didn't understand the nuance until i asked you 
and everyone else and their answers are always like self-respect and I'm like I have no self-respect I was a doormat <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great if you're a Buddhist monk but I'm not a Buddhist monk I'm a, a functioning <laughs> member of society um, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't put up with this stuff sorry anyway it's a big tangent um, it's interesting you got me thinking about it yeah I think maybe one last thing because I kind of know I've already talked for a while uh, I'll try to be quick is like the concept of shame like I'm curious like what's your concept of shame Angus yeah I think we talked about this oh we did okay no well I I've, I I heard something recently um, that really stuck with me so it was like this interview with his former wrestler on the Joe Rogan podcast and the guy's called Jake the Snake. He used to, he used to like bring a snake to the ring or something, right? And, and put the snake on people, and the snake would bite people. Anyway, he um, one thing he said was like when he talked about shame, he said shame is something that you put on yourself, right? Yeah. So like you could, you can choose not to feel shame, right? Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting because I think it's very true. Um. Right. I mean, okay, it is true. I feel like actually a lot of the emotions are like that, like after studying philosophy, and hopefully Mm -hmm. um, uh, we'll get Joel on at one point and we can do like a three-way discussion on some of these philosophy points, um, Mm -hmm. which is the idea that like we choose, like it's more or less like the lens that we choose to see the world and ourselves that really affects everything. It's not like the actual things that are happening. But say in this case, like I really, I think, misunderstood shame, like on a fundamental level. Like I thought it was like closer to the emotion side of it, like almost like you'd say sadness is like you can feel like a physiological effect of sadness. Like in extreme cases, you're crying, right? Hmm. Um, And shame, I think I was overlapping a little bit with guilt. I think I was like, I was confusing it with guilt and maybe... And maybe I still have the wrong definition, but it's like changed. It's like, so I would be like, if I did something that I thought, say if I hurt someone, like I would be like, there's guilt there. And I'd also think that's shame, right? Like if I've betrayed, um, like, especially like, I think it's like when you betray your own value system. Um, and, but I think it, it went even deeper than that. Like it was only through therapy that this came up, I think that it was this concept that I said like there's been a couple of instances where I was talking to people and and maybe you don't have this problem Angus because like you seem a lot more off the cuff Um, but there'd be a couple of times in certain interactions where I would hold back like my like say like deepest opinion or Mm. what I thought like might be like I guess I realized she pointed out that whenever I used the word weird was and I felt shame about something so, like, uh. I'd go, oh, there's this weird thing, or this might be a bit weird or whatever. And she's like, like kind of, like, stop doing that. Because <laughs> um, mm. that's me devaluing my own views, because I feel like they're so, like, I don't know, like, I'm feeling ashamed of them. Uh, so, like, I'll give you an example. I went to the movies with someone, and it was a rom-com, and it was, like, very hot and like it was like bubbly and stuff and just like typical rom-com stuff light and funny and then it got to a point where it got really really dark uh, and this woman got like blackmailed 
to basically have sex with someone. Right. Um, so it's like it's really dark, right? Um, yeah. Like so, the contrast in this movie was like it was like it turned 180 degrees, um, and then the woman. She's basically being blackmailed, emotionally blackmailed to have sex with this guy, or he will tell the guy, um, this other guy she's been flirting with, that she's basically been lying to him the whole time or something, right? Like, okay. Um, and she, like, it gets really dark and really tense for a second. You don't know what she's going to do. And then she, she basically agrees to have sex with this guy. Um, that so she he doesn't like uh, like tell her crush that she was lying to him. And anyway, they instantly diffuse the situation. It was like a lie. He doesn't end up having sex with her. Um. Right, the whole thing was what I kind of refer to a lot of the time to as like a crucible moment, where you're put in an impossible situation where you only have shitty options. Right. Yep. And it's the idea, and this is talked about in philosophy sometimes, where it's like, the situation doesn't make you the person you are, it just reveals you to yourself. And, because, like, through the whole movie, she was like, she didn't even think she liked this guy, right? It was kind of like, she was actually trying to break up with him. And then in that moment, like, where the guy, like, who was blackmailing her says okay, I just needed to know what he meant to you. And she's like, what do you mean? He doesn't mean anything. He's like, you were just willing to go to this extreme, right? Like, you were going to, like, basically do this unthinkably terrible, like, horrendous act because you valued your relationship with that guy so much. Like, that's what it's shown you. It was like, like that light bulb moment of, like, even she was in like conscious rejection or like she wasn't in connection with how much she was in love with that other guy that this scene and this is what i mean like i wasn't being like it was i have a problem with authenticity because i i felt like me trying to describe that to this other person they were like really like they were really like that scene was disgusting they were like how could they do that right but i was all like that scene was amazing because i thought it actually added a lot of depth to the scene like yeah no the whole the concept of like the horrendous act, I get like that's very disturbing. Yeah. But like in like the overall picture, what it like meant was that she was able to connect to a deeper part of herself and she understood how much like her crush meant to her. I don't know, like that to me was like what I really loved. It was just like her connecting with herself. Um But I felt ashamed, right? I felt ashamed around that feeling. Because I don't know how to articulate it in that moment. And I can see the other person hates that moment. And then I'm like, I love it. And then just being like, I could see them maybe being like, you love the scene, like this horrendous thing that happened to the... I'm like, no, no, no. I I love the part that it helped her find herself, like her true self, and connect with it. Um, I said that would be a short tangent. It it turned out to be a little... (laughs) What was the movie? Um, It was just something at like a Japanese film festival. Um, oh, it's a Japanese movie. I might have to look it up. Like, I actually really liked it. Like, it just happened out of the blue. Yeah, the, like, the whole thing was really good. I was thinking that it makes sense that it's not a Western movie. That would not, that <laughs> would would, not be cool. It would not be cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, like... Yeah, just blackmail people. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, it was just a test. <laughs> it was just a test. Yeah, that's... 
it's a bit it is definitely screwed up it's way way screwed up but like well, movie I still whatever. think that I don't know I feel like they added like a, a lot of stuff to this in Japanese media it just feels like there's a lot of depth there they're going to places that I feel like are just more real and they're exploring like like just deeper concepts and not in a mm-hmm. judgy way like I don't think there's like there was an overall arc, uh, overarching message to the thing I think like this is actually just closer to real life like maybe that's extreme we go through those like examples in our real life all the time and I think a lot of people shy away from them I don't know they, they're just they're super interesting to me maybe because I'm going through one like every like two or three months or something um yeah cool <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to add Angus sorry I went way way longer on that stuff than I intended um, it's okay yeah. no I'm, I think I'm good you're good I'll call it there yeah let's call it okay thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode bye bye and stop